What's up, Jayhawk Nation? Welcome in to this Monday edition of Locked On Jayhawks. I am Sean Kellerman, Learfield IMG College broadcaster and University of Kansas insider. This is Locked On Jayhawks, your daily podcast on the Kansas Jayhawks, giving you insight, numbers, and a chance to hear from all the voices within Kansas athletics. Well, it's a victory Monday today as the basketball team pick up their first win of the regular season as they defeated UNC Greensboro in the home opener 74-62. to That game was Friday night, of course, at Allen Fieldhouse, and we're going to talk about that. We're going to hear a lot of sound from Bill Self, Yudoka Azubuki, and Devon Dotson, and then uh, later in the show, we'll recap the Friday Five. We'll take a look around the Big 12, both football and basketball, all the action that was going on this weekend. All right, but first, let's break down this game a little bit. We knew it was going to be a challenge. KU was a 14.5-point favorite in this game. Uh, they end up winning 74-62. to They win by 12. UNC Greensboro is a team who comes from the same conference as the likes of Wofford and Furman and East Tennessee State, who's another team that Kansas will see here pretty soon. But it's a conference that's pretty top-heavy, or at least it was last year. You had Wofford in the NCAA tournament as a seven seed. UNC Greensboro could have been in the NCAA tournament, but they were one of the first teams left out. They got a lot of athletes. KU, of course, coming off a loss that's not going to be that was not thrilling for Wes Miller's bunch because you know you never you never like to to wake the beast when that comes up, but that was the situation they were facing. First half of this was definitely close. Devon Dotson got things going on the right foot for Kansas as on the very first defensive possession. Dotson had a steal and an assist to Marcus Garrett, who finished in transition. And at the first media timeout, KU was up 7-3. to three. There were some missed opportunities in the first half. KU had uh, some open shots that didn't fall, and it kind of went back and forth. This game was tied 24-24 at the under-four timeout. UNC Greensboro, pretty much the entire game was going with a 1-2-2 press, and that was one of the reasons that Bill Self ended up going the majority of the game in a four-guard lineup, the other, of course, being defensively trying to you know be able to get out to all their shooters who could stretch the floor. But again, we kind of saw Kansas struggle getting into their half-court offense and get to a position where they want to be, which is in the half-court offense, running the high loaf when you've got two bigs in there, and feeding the post. So that was not the case. But Kansas did go into halftime leading. Devon Dotson took over. He hit all four of his free throw attempts toward the end of the first half and hit a three to make it 36-30 with under a minute to go. Unfortunately, the Jayhawks had some trouble shooting free throws again. Yudoka Azubuki was 0-4 in this one, and Marcus Garrett was 0-2. At the end of the half, uh, under five seconds to go, Marcus Garrett missed both of his free throws, and Silvio DeSosa rebounded the ball and missed a bunny, a thing that's been a, a problem for Silvio in the early stages of this season, but it was 36-32 in favor of the Jayhawks at the half. And then KU kind of took over beginning of the second half. And Ochai Abaji, three, made it 45-34 with 17 minutes to go. Isaiah Moss piggybacked that with a three of his own, and KU was up by 14. The game was never really in doubt after that. Kansas led by as many as 21 points. Yudoka Hazabuki had a massive one-handed flush that made the game 64-43 to with under nine minutes to go. And KU did not look back. UNC Greensboro, actually, they kept fighting. They went through a stretch where they made seven consecutive field goals late in this game, and they cut the lead to 10. But Tristan and Aruna had a big shot to put Kansas back up by 13 with 3.29 to go, a three-pointer 
from the top of the key. As it was, Kansas wins it 74-62. to Devon Dotson was big in this one. 22 points, 8 rebounds, and 6 assists. Marcus Garrett also had double figures. He had 10 points, 5 assists, and 4 rebounds. And Ochai Abaji had 13 points, 4 rebounds, no assists for Ochai, 2 assists rather, for Ochai. Yudoka Azubuki had his first double-double of the season. He had 10 points and 10 boards. And really the, the most unfortunate thing about this game, we're happy about the win, but we are crushed for KU freshman Jalen Wilson, who broke his ankle on a play 27 seconds in. Uh, he only played 27 seconds in, in this game, and he is going to be out for an extended period of time. A broken ankle after he had just checked in. He said he heard it pop, and unfortunately Jalen is going to be out for perhaps three months, 10 to 12 weeks, could be a timeline. But, you know, here we are November 8th. That would put him back in February, best case scenario probably. And then you're thinking, all right, well, how much catching up does he actually have to do in terms of actual basketball? Bill Self spoke to reporters after the game about Jalen's injury. He said call timeout. And I'm like, you know, coaches can't call timeout, you know, uh, in the first 38 minutes. And But I didn't know he was hurt as bad as he did as it was and he didn't either but he said I felt it pop and uh so I'm glad there was a stoppage right there uh but but uh yeah it's a, it's a bad one you know he he broke it and requires surgery early next week and and uh timetable and return will probably be close to three months so I'm not going to make it to tell you that he'll for sure set the rest of the year but the likelihood of that's pretty strong and you just hate it for Jalen Wilson like I said I mean this is a guy who came in as KU's top-rated freshman joining Tristan and Aruna and Christian Brown. And uh, Wilson came in and was actually rated 44th, slightly ahead of Inaruna, who was 47th. This is according to Rivals, and Christian Brown was 93rd. But, you know, he's a guy who you were trying to figure out what his niche was going to be. You were trying to figure out which of these freshmen can step up and uh, prove that they're going to have to deliver. And now it's going to be Brown and Inaruna, and they're going to have to, in staying healthy, be major contributors for this team because this team is down to nine guys now and three of those guys are big so you got six guards on the perimeter so when Kansas goes four guards you know you've got two guys coming off the bench and they're going to need to contribute obviously in a big way so hopefully Jalen Wilson can uh, get back as soon as possible he has speedy recovery and can get back on the court so we can see some of the things that he can do and most importantly we can hopefully see how he can help this team win so speedy recovery we'll keep you updated any information we have regarding Jalen and his injury Yudoka Azubuki talked to reporters after the game and was asked if the guys had a chance to catch up with Jalen afterward oh yeah we did talk to him um, it's, it's a pretty um, sad situation for him like you know like I, I know I know I know the feeling so you know I just tell him to keep his head up and I'm encourage him and hopefully uh, he get better Doka as we know is a guy who's dealt with Many injuries in his career. Two of his three seasons have been essentially wiped completely out due to injury. He was asked about Jalen's emotions following the broken ankle. It was good. Like he was, he had, he had good. You know, it was like feeling positive about it, and you know, he wasn't done about nothing. And you know, I just wish him, wish him a, um, a speedy recovery. Take a closer look now at the numbers and mentioned Devon Dotson. He led the way, which is. Great, we're going to hear from him in the next segment, but 22-8-6, not too shabby, only one turnover following that really uncharacteristic performance by Devon and the whole KU team last Tuesday in the Champions Classic against Duke. 
Uh, you look at the bench. KU got better bench production, 17 points compared to just eight they had against Duke. So that is another positive in this one. And then the turnovers, only 10 turnovers after having, of course, the 28, just two off a school record against Duke. So that was positive as well. Kansas shot 46% from the field, 38% from three, and just 10 of 19 for a 53% clip from the free throw line. UNC Greensboro shot 39% from the field, 26% from three, and they were bad at the free throw line as well, 6 of 13 for a 46% clip. Kansas out-rebounded the Spartans 42 to 35, and uh, second chance points, that was another, it's an area that Kansas is is trying to improve on. Greensboro won that 10 to 9. Both teams were even with the 17 bench points. And points in the paint is kind of interesting, 28 to 26 in favor of the Spartans. Isaiah Miller was, he and Devon Dotson were the best players on the court in the first half. Miller, UNC Greensboro's top player, he was their preseason conference player of the year pick. He had 17 in the first half and no one else had four. He got into a little bit of foul trouble in half number two, so he wasn't on the court as much, but also Kansas did a better job limiting him. Miller ended with just 19 points, so just two in the second half. So a lot to get to, a lot more sound we'll hear from Coach and the guys as KU defeats UNT Greensboro on Friday night, 74-62. to Next segment, we'll recap the Friday Five, and we'll hear more from Yudoka Azubuki and Devon Dotson. You're listening to Locked On Jayhawks, a product of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Two and three week in the Friday Five this week, and it included probably the worst beat of the year for sure. Let's talk about the wins first. There was the NFL game Yesterday, it was Baltimore minus 10.5 at Cincinnati, and uh, that was an easy cover. The Ravens killed the Bengals 49-13. to I didn't really understand why that line was, wasn't bigger at all, but I think now odds makers will be even higher on Lamar Jackson and company. Jackson is uh, right in the middle of the MVP race after another phenomenal game, and if you've got him on your fantasy team, you're loving every minute of it because... Uh, Lamar is certainly getting it done for Baltimore. They actually ran a package in that game, the Heisman package. They had Lamar Jackson, Mark Ingram, and Robert Griffin III, all Heisman winners in the backfield at the same time. Ended up being an option pitch to RG3, but uh, Robert, er, but uh, Lamar Jackson saying afterward, yeah, that's our Heisman package. It was dope. So they uh, could do whatever they wanted against the Bengals' defense, and fourth-round pick Ryan Finley really couldn't get anything going for the now 0-9 Bengals. So Baltimore football was the first win of the week, and the other win was that Minnesota plus seven game against Penn State. The Golden Gophers are going to crack the top ten as they are undefeated at nine and zero. They won that game outright, thirty-one to twenty-six. So they easily covered the seven points in that one. PJ Fleck has got that program trending all the way up. All right, let's go to the losses. Get this one out of the way. I didn't like it. I'm not really sure why I gave it out, but I had an I had an opportunity. Ohio State without Chase Young was hosting Maryland, and the Terrapins were 43 and a half point dogs. They end up losing 73 to 14. It was not as bad as it sounded in terms of the line. At one point, it was 59 to 14. Ohio State got two late fourth quarter touchdowns to put them away, but the Buckeyes number one and will they continue to be number one we'll have to wait and see they and lsu right now they're likely going to be the top two teams in the college football playoff as uh, those teams uh, lsu picked up the huge win of course on saturday against alabama 
Other loss, got two college basketball games, and they were both losses. Uh, the Baylor, I guess I forgot about the Scott Drew factor. They were minus five against Washington in Alaska for the Armed Forces Classic. And the Bears were up with six minutes to go, 61-51. to 51. Not only did they blow it and not cover the five, they lost outright. Washington ends the game on a 16-3 to run, and it just completely, Baylor just completely imploded when it mattered most. There was a three-pointer made by Naziah Carter of the Huskies that tied this game at 64 with a minute and a half to go, and then a made layup by Isaiah Stewart gave the Huskies a two-point lead with 30 seconds to go, and Baylor could not score. A couple missed jumpers, a missed layup, and Washington ends up putting away the Bears 67-64, to so a tough, tough loss for Baylor and the Big 12. And then what I think is probably the biggest beat of the year in terms of the Friday Five for me is that Vermont game. Vermont at St. Bonaventure. Catamounts end up winning 61-59. to They were minus four, and I liked that, but they don't cover. It was 61-55 to with nine seconds left. So Vermont needed a stop for a win. Uh, Kyle Lofton of the Bonnies made a layup with three seconds left to cut it to 61-57. So you're still thinking, all right, you got a chance, worst-case scenario, at a push, or the Bonnies are probably going to foul and send Vermont to the line to give the Catamounts a chance for the cover. But that's not what happened as Ben Shungu threw the ball away, stolen away by Dominic Welch, who made a layup as time expired. And the Bonnies lose by two, and they cover in doing so. So two wins, three losses, and this week's Friday Five. The Jayhawks in their win on Friday, of course, did not cover, but they did win by 12, 74-62 over UNC Greensboro. And now they've got a week off this whole week to prepare uh, for a very beatable Monmouth team. That game will be Friday at 7 o'clock at Allen Fieldhouse. Uh, Kansas kind of ran away with this one early in the second half. Greensboro didn't go without a fight, but this game was particularly close in the first half, 36-32 at halftime. Yudoka Azabuki with reporters after the game, and he was asked if there was any special halftime message from Coach Self. Coach just asked us to be more aggressive. Like, they're a good team. Like, you know, we get, we get credit to them. Like, they are really... They're really hard to guard, to guard against, and they have like four guys that can't really shoot it. And um, coach just was like, "Hey, we just we should keep hunting them, and you know, because they press a lot." And you know, that's what that's what very much what coach said. As we know, the key to any potential success for this Jayhawks team is their floor general Devon Dotson, and he had that stacked stat line. I mentioned last segment, Devon six assists, one turnover. Perhaps most importantly, after having those numbers flipped against Duke in the Champions Classic last Tuesday. Here's Devon talking about the new energy that KU came out with on Friday. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you can say that. Uh, you know, we know what we didn't do Tuesday night, and we wanted to correct it and, you know, just bring that energy. Uh, it was a home opener, so uh, we just wanted to, you know, feed off the crowd and, and uh, really just get it going. Devon continues crediting his teammates for the success he had. My teammates, uh, they did a great job getting to open spots. Um, knocking down shots and uh, making themselves available, and um, I tried to get in there and uh, make the smart uh, decision, and, and uh, you know, really just yeah, just play. So UNC Greensboro went with that one-two-two zone press pretty much the majority of the night, and it, it didn't really work. Uh, Coach Self said that it it didn't work for forcing turnovers, but it was meant to try to prevent Kansas to getting into their half-court offense. And Coach Self said it was successful 
on that front. Coach Wes Miller, who's in his ninth season as head man at UNC Greensboro, and many people think maybe in line to take over Roy Williams' job potentially sometime down the road at North Carolina. That's how highly regarded he is. He said he thought the press was pretty successful for about the first 16 minutes that they were doing it, but after that, Kansas was able to, to get past uh, the press of the Spartans. He also was asked if if the press becomes uh, way less successful, I guess, if Devon Dotson or somebody of his talent level is um, bringing the ball up the court. And he said, yeah, it makes it a lot more difficult. Devon had no problem at all uh, breaking the press. I thought he and the KU guards did a really good job keeping the ball in the hands of uh, the Jayhawks because we know how much of a struggle that was against Duke. Here's Yudoka Azubuki talking about Devon's bounce-back performance. I mean, that's pretty much what we um, what we need him to do, and he he, he pretty much came in, pretty much came in and, uh, and did it. And you know, uh, I'm I'm proud of him, and you know, for taking that step from from last game to this game, and you know, being that point guard leader that we needed, and you know, cutting out all the turnovers, I kind of show like the growth and the maturity. Well, we also got a chance to see the Jayhawks get some shots up from behind the arc. They only had nine official three point attempts. The game against Duke, they hit four of them, including that last bank shot that was good by Devon Dotson. In this game, Kansas was 10 of 26. I think that's more around the number of shots from three that Kansas is interested in. Ochai Abaji hit the most. He was three of eight from three-point range. And Isaiah Moss got some run. He played the majority of the second half. He actually started as Kansas coach Bill Self went with the four-guard lineup the majority of the night. So Moss started half number two in, uh, in, place, in replacing David McCormick, who played uh, just 11 minutes in this game. Isaiah Moss, a three-point specialist in his three years of Iowa, was two of six from three. And we're going to hear Bill Self's thoughts on the senior grad transfer and Yudoka Azubuki talk about how uh, Isaiah Moss brings a different dimension to this KU offense and uh, something else that they can potentially take advantage of as the year goes on. So we'll hear more from those guys after the break. And we'll recap the Big 12. There were four Big 12 football games in uh, action on Saturday and, of course, a lot of men's hoops games taking place as well. Marquee road win for one of the teams, so stay tuned for that. With Roman, you can get a free online evaluation and ongoing care for ED, all from the comfort and privacy of your home. Just go to GetRoman.com slash locked to get a free online visit and free two-day shipping. The Locked On Podcast Network, the local experts on the biggest stories. Wrapping things up here on this Monday edition of Locked On Jayhawks. I'm Sean Kellerman. Thanks so much for tuning in. Remember, follow me on Twitter at Sean Kellerman. Follow the show at LO underscore Jayhawks. Uh, before we hear a little bit more from Bill Self and the guys regarding Isaiah Moss and his importance to this team, particularly now that this team is a little thinner without Jalen Wilson, let's do a, a recap of what the Big 12 slate was uh, this past weekend. Of course, Kansas football did not play tomorrow's show we're gonna get a chance to hear a lot of sound from Les Miles his press conference that was held today and uh, you know his thoughts on KU's upcoming battle with Oklahoma State that game in Stillwater on Saturday 11 a.m. kick with one exception there were great games across the Big 12 on Saturday the exception was uh, two of the bottom dwellers in the conference Texas Tech and West Virginia Texas Tech goes into Morgantown and they win easily 38 to 17 West Virginia had a touchdown uh, in the last play of the game to make that game a little closer but the Red Raiders had that game 
bag pretty much from the beginning. So West Virginia falls into a last place tie with the Jayhawks with a one in five conference record. Crazy game in Fort Worth. John Mayers hits a 51 yard field goal to send the game to overtime at a nine to nine score. And three overtimes later, Baylor picks up the win and they stay unbeaten. They are nine and zero and solely in first place in the Big 12 Conference with their 6-0 conference record. TCU had opportunities. A couple drop passes loomed large for the Frogs in this one. They lose by 6, 29-23 in three overtimes. Close game in Austin. It was another win for Dicker the Kicker and the Texas Longhorns as they defeat K-State 27-24. So Texas, they're 4-2 in the conference. K-State falls to 3-3 three and three in the Big 12. And then another crazy game, a game that Oklahoma thought they had in hand, and it came down to needing to get a stop on a last-second two-point conversion attempt by Iowa State. And they did do just that, did the Sooners. They hold on to defeat the Cyclones 42-41. to 41. Crazy game in Norman. Oklahoma, 15-point favorite. They hang on, and they are just one game back of Baylor And that sets up a massive game, as uh, we know what's coming up on Saturday. Oklahoma and Baylor are going to do battle, and that's going to be a great one. All eyes are going to be on that for a night game between the Sooners and the Bears. All right, probably the best win for the Big 12 this weekend in basketball was Texas going on the road, and they defeated Purdue at Mackey Arena in West Lafayette. Awfully impressive win for the Longhorns. Shaka Smart, many people think that he is uh, fighting for his job uh, this season. And they trailed this game early in the first half, but they came back and ended up picking up a marquee win, 70-66 to over the Boilermakers. Oklahoma had another road win as they went to a Big Ten foe as well, and they defeated Minnesota in a game they ran away Late, 71-62, to the Sooners over the Golden Gophers. Texas Tech had no problem disposing of Bethune-Cookman. That was a 79-44 to score in that one. Iowa State, the big loser of the weekend, as Iowa State falls on the road to Oregon State, 80-74. to Iowa State's defense is going to be something to keep an eye on. They can score, but they can give up a lot of points, too. And then an overtime victory for the K-State Wildcats. They defeat UNLV in Las Vegas, 60 60- to 56 Oklahoma State no problem with UMKC final in that game was 69 to 51 and as we know Baylor <laughs> my pick in a Friday five minus five they're up by 10 they blow it completely Washington ends the game on a 16 to 3 run and the Huskies defeat the Bears in Alaska 67 to 64 other game that was in action uh, on Friday was West Virginia and Akron high scoring affair the Mountaineers went at 94 to 84 over the Zips, a team formerly coached by West Virginia's head man, Bob Huggins. So that's the recap and the Big 12 slate on Friday. A lot of games on Friday with college football still in full swing. Three more weeks of college football. Jayhawks are going to be in action in each of them, of course. Stillwater this weekend at 11 a.m. It'll be Iowa State on November 23rd in Ames. And then the final home game of the regular season, Senior Night, will take place on November 30th against Baylor, who who knows, they could be 11-0 and going for a perfect regular season at that point, but we'll have to wait and see. Of course, for our Jayhawks, they picked up their first win of the season as they defeated UNC Greensboro on Friday at Allen Fieldhouse, 74-62. to They were led by Devon Dotson's 22 points, 8 rebounds, and 6 assists, and of course got contributions from Yudoka Azubuki and Ochai Abaji as well. Doak with a 10-10 double-double. Abaji had 13 points. And that's a 
four straight games, you include the exhibition where Ochai scores in double figures, so he is obviously going to be a large part of this offense. Marcus Garrett scored double figures as well with 10 points. No double figures for Isaiah Moss, but he was able to play 25 minutes and had eight points. He is just the definition of a spot-up shooter, right? I don't think we're going to see him attacking the basket too much, but he has come to this program to be a shooter from the outside. He got off six threes and made two of them, and his presence as a shooter is good for many reasons. Bill Self told reporters after the game that he thought he played well. I thought he did great, considering. I don't think he's 100%. Uh, still looks a little slow to me. Uh, compared to what he did before he got hurt but you know uh he can stretch it you know he's a good shooter and I thought he made three but I guess he one of them was toe was on the line but but uh uh he he he, he'll he'll make us play much better offensively and then the other thing is I thought he played with at a good pace and had just uh demonstrated some poise I I didn't think he looked rushed at all when he had the ball offensively Isaiah Moss also brings a veteran leadership to this team. He hasn't been with the program for very long, but he is a senior along with Yudoka Azubuki, and those are the two seniors whose uh, eligibility will expire come the end of this year. Mitch Lightfoot should be back next season after redshirting this year. As long as no one else goes down, right, then we'll have Mitch back for 2020 and 2021, and that'll be great as well. Yudoka Azubuki, a guy who enjoys operating inside when there's four guards on the outside, and we'll hear more about that later this week, talked about his thoughts on Isaiah Moss. He's a good shooter. And, um, like, when he's in the game, like, he's a big part of our, our offense. I mean, when he's in the game, he kind of, like, helped me, too. Probably, like, when the double team comes, he's a good shooter. Like, I can, I always tell him in practice that, hey, once I get up team and you wide open, like, just come to my side. I'm kicking it to you while you, you should be ready to shoot it. So we had that chemistry together. And like you said, like, you just see, see what he did today. Um, he's, he's a good, he's good for us. We look forward to a lot more where that came from out of Isaiah Moss. He and Christian Brown are going to be key parts of this team. Of course, Tristan and Aruna as well as KU looks to find a solid rotation, of course, that will not include Jalen Wilson for the foreseeable future because of his broken ankle. Well, we had a chance to hear in this show from Bill Self, Devon Dotson, Yudoka Azubuki, their thoughts on the game, and we're going to have a lot more sound for you the rest of this week. No game until Friday, home tilt with Monmouth at 7 o'clock at Allen Fieldhouse. We'll hear more from Doak and Bill Self about this four-guard lineup and how important they think that's going to be as the season goes on. We'll also hear more from Devon Dotson, more from Tristan and Aruna as well. And, of course, we'll talk Kansas football as game week is back and we prepare for Oklahoma State on Saturday. Thanks so much for listening. We'll chat with you tomorrow. This is Sean Kellerman signing off Locked On Jayhawks, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And rock chalk, Jayhawk.